be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. That is the famous quote from the Oracle of Omaha, Mr. Warren Buffett. And it's something that we tend to live by because when stocks are all going up and hitting new highs, everyone gets greedy and inevitably stocks hit a point they can't sustain and start to fall. Same is true when the stock market is a mess. Like right now, Tesla down 20% in the last month, Google down 6%, Apple down 2%. But when Others are fearful and bailing on what not long ago were some of their favorite stocks of all time. It might be the perfect time to buy. Today on Dumb Money, the scientific way that we track the fear and greed of the market and how you can use the exact same data that we do to decide if now is the best time to invest. This is Dumb Money Live. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money on a special Halloween edition of Dumb Money Live. In addition to fear and greed, I also do want to talk about the Halloween effect. More on that in a minute. But first, Chris, is that a costume or is that just what you decided to wear today? Dude, I have finally figured out a way to wear Crocs. (laughs) Ah, can't see my... They're not just any Crocs. The beaver Crocs. This, this is actually the first time in my life, believe it or not, that I've ever worn Crocs for, for this costume. And uh, <laughs> me and Amy went as uh, Justin and Haley Bieber. You've probably seen that trending TikTok where they're walking out of the club and Bieber's yes. in this exact getup and she's like in a stunning red dress. So, you know, Amy got to dress up. I got, to, got dress to dress down. down. I, yeah. I got to buy my first pair of Crocs, dude. So, like, this is the perfect, perfect Halloween thing for us. And everything else you're wearing, including the hat, was already in your closet. And Jordan's, <laughs> I'm, I'm just dressed as a uh, dumb money uh, host wearing my uh, signature black T-shirt. Jordan, though, is that's a costume. That's a finance bro costume with the vest, right? I guess. I'm just, I'm, it's just <laughs> cold now. Apparently, it's cold in Texas. <laughs> Uh, oh, before we move on, we do have to ask, uh, we really would appreciate it if you would take a second, smash the like button. What do I usually say? Smash the like button, like the smash button. It has been a minute. Uh, we have not done this because I've not had internet, but uh, hopefully I do have fast enough internet to do a show today. Uh, this isn't my normal studio. Uh, I'm getting settled into my West coast studio. Still have some work to do on the uh, camera and lighting here, but, uh, Chris Jordan, Dave, let's can you talk show about your view fear. or no? Is it possible to show your view? Um, yeah, second? yeah, we can we can show it here. Let's uh let's go full screen and just loop around here. This is what I'm looking at, and hopefully <laughs> uh, the next time we do a show, I'll I'll see if I can get enough light in here to um have that be my view going the other way. The, after we do our segment on, you know, the investment segment, you, you got you got to tell us why you bought this house in mexico like you gotta okay. tell us the rationale behind this man we're still trying to figure it out <laughs> are you kidding did you see the view <laughs> this this would be like a uh 20 million dollar house if it were just uh 45 minutes north in san diego true that's Very true, true. So that's my true. rationale in a, in a nutshell fair very fair <laughs> Uh, okay, fear and greed, though, the two most important words for investors and, and, and something that most investors just don't understand and they don't know how to use to their advantage. So I want to start with asking you guys, how do you use other people's fear to your advantage? Go ahead, Jordan. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm the worst, right? Because I get freaked out, uh, especially, <laughs> but for good reason, right? I think when we were going through the pandemic, it was pretty apparent that everybody's fear, I mean, was slightly justified, but that the Fed was coming in on the other side of it. And people started to see that and it was an easy time to take advantage of that fear. Um, and so I think if you can see through the fear and if you've got a good case for an investment, it can make perfect sense to invest. But there's also fear that's justified and that's what we have to decide. Uh, is, that what, is that what's happening now? See, but in my mind, there's always this kind of cyclical cycle where there will be times when people are fearful, but in his history, we've never seen a time where it didn't turn around. And we've also seen it. It's this, it's this, it's this curve. It, it, it goes to extreme fear and then extreme irrational exuberance as, uh, as which one was that Greenspan used to say. And when people are thinking everything is going up and the stock market will never fail, that's when it tends to fail. And it's it's not like the stock market doesn't have a cap. I mean, historically, the stock market does go up over enough time. But it's it's like, it's this cycle. And so when people are bailing on stocks and stocks are going down, historically, that has been the time to buy. That's correct. Now, but you got to figure out when is that time? Because, you know, um, when you've got historic low volatility, when you've got rates super low, that tended to be around 15, 20%, you know, off the highs, which is about where we are right now, we're probably 13, 14% off of that, uh, the 2021 high. Um, but if you look back to like a 2008 or a 2000, that number was close to 50, 60%, right? Um, there was fear for a long time and things that were cheap just kept getting sold so guys remember when we decided to do this episode we looked at this fear and greed index that cnn has i don't know if you can if it will adjust yeah if you if you just google fear and greed i'll try to pull it up here but yeah you're, you you're basically greed, pointing a flashlight at the uh, uh at the camera it's not showing up it's not gonna work <laughs> um no but but yeah you, you you google that when we decided to do this episode and dave you delayed it a little bit with your move but it was that extreme. It was like full extreme fear, as far left as the gauge goes, and we're back down to just the worst of normal fear. It's still pretty bad. Um, but what I want to talk about. Oh, there it goes. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to get this up here in a second. Uh, so, so this this is the CNN Fear and Greed Index, and uh, you can see right now we're in the fear category. We're not in extreme fear, but... Um, we were. It, the, yes, and this whole thing is based on a whole bunch of different factors. Market momentum is in extreme fear. Stock price strength is in extreme fear. Stock price breadth is in extreme fear. Put call options is in extreme fear. Market volatility is neutral. Uh, safe haven demand, extreme fear, junk bond demand, extreme greed. And I think those are all the categories there. Okay, so I want to bring something up, and that is a similarity that we are seeing with this market turmoil that we have seen four times in the past, okay? And I want to talk about it because no one's talking about it. 
1987 Black Monday. I don't know if you guys remember that. We were kids, Dave. I will never forget it. Uh, I would have been six. <laughs> we were we were a little bit we were a little I bit mean, older, but I actually remember I hearing live... about it. I remember it being a news item, but I didn't have money in the market because I I was I what was that 87? Yeah, I don't know my age. Dude, it was seven. Oh seven. Yeah, I was barely a teenager, but I had family working on Wall Street. It was so brutal. It was insane. Uh, Black Monday, nineteen eighty-seven. Again, we were older uh, at this time. We were fairly active investors, but the dot-com bust, dude. I'm talking about ninety percent of every stock that anybody I knew was zeroed out basically it like, i definitely remember the dot-com bust i was working at yahoo at the time and all of my stock options which for the first time in my life i was a paper millionaire but with all these stock options that i was not allowed to sell and uh i worked there for a decade and still all of those options were worthless they kept throwing new ones at me but those were worthless options uh dude that was that was honestly ridiculous okay uh, fast forward to the 2008 mortgage collapse and ultimately market destruction of 2008, uh, someone who was very close to me that had been investing and saving money for 40 plus years came to me one day and said, I cannot take this anymore. We cannot take this. I'm selling, I think he sold almost everything that he had ever invested, uh, emptied out, you know, as much as he could of all of his retirement, all of his savings. And that happened. Okay. Like that, that was guys, you remember how bad 2008 was. It was disgusting. It was like the freakiest, uh, most devastating event for investors. Fast forward again to 2020, the pandemic market crash. We're talking what? 45% Jordan in a very was it that much? I thought it was like 35 or 40, but it was a lot. Maybe it was 40. I, I guess it really and depends on you know there were two what, specific what days there. The the it was the third worst day for the SP and the sixth worth worst day for the SP. Both happened in 2020 in March. So I lived through all four of those events. And let me tell you, there was a similarity with those events and what's happening right now, even though what's happening right now feels a little bit different, there is a strong similarity and no one's talking about it. The similarity is that in the back of my head, and I believe in the back of almost every single investor's head, you were thinking, are we going to make it out of this one? Meaning, is there a future for us? Is this okay. the last I'm not time? Just, is, it, is it ever I'm, going I'm not to? Just is, saying that. is it collapsing yeah. for good? You really, you really felt in each of those. Like, times, are we going to go into like a Japan situation from the eighties, right? To where yes. the market just never recovers, or worse, or worse. Right. You thought in each of those scenarios, this is such an anomaly. What just happened to us? We have never seen something like this before. I mean, 87, there were similarities to 29, but that wasn't a good thing, right? Like, uh, that, are we going into another depression? Like, 
each one of these times we really believed we didn't we we hoped that we would come out but we really believed that this time things were so messed up that we might not make it out we might not get back to where we were before and that's the way i feel today and I'm just reminding myself that I felt that same exact way four other times for different reasons. And I think a lot of people watching the show probably haven't lived through those four. Maybe they lived through the 2020, which was a quick snapback. And every time there was something that brought us back. Now, the 2020, it was massive government stimulus, right? And it's probably not going to be that this time. but. There's always been something, and it's the t it's something that we weren't thinking of. It's something that we didn't expect and couldn't really predict. Um, I but there, but there's feel... also something that you can predict that always happens, and that's called time. If you just time. give it enough time, time, time. the world, but... unless the world actually comes to an end where your stocks literally don't matter, I mean... But you have bigger time. issues. What is the one then, thing Dave? that the one thing that you're talking about? Yeah, you have bigger issues then. And, and to be honest, for the last, I would say three to five years, probably six years, Jordan, we, we talk about this all the time. I was not comfortable with not having gone through a major shakeup, a major recession, a major down period. Uh, even when we went through the pain in 2020, it was too short lived. It didn't feel right to me. The fact that we snapped back as quickly as we did on government stimulus, I said, we're going to pay for this. Everybody said, we're going to pay for this some, at some point and we're paying for it. Well, the, the suffering that we're going through now as investors, the feelings that we have of, oh my gosh, we screwed up. The government screwed up. We all screwed up. Are we ever going to get out of this hole? If you don't feel like that, you could never get to the other side of having another bull market. Psychologically, we can't get to the other side, okay? This is needed. This is really, really important, this pain. And by the way, the pain can't be two months of pain like it was in 2020, okay? And then we're all saved. It has to be real, real pain that all of us have to feel in our portfolios, in our lives, in our job security, in our savings, uh, in the valuations of our house or inability, in this case, to buy a house because interest rates are skyrocketing. I mean, it's always something different, but I feel the fact that we're here, we're finally here. And I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if it's another three months, six months, or two years. I don't really care because the bottom line is I know that we will get out of it. I just, I really feel it. we will get out of it, um, even though it doesn't feel like that today. I know that because in the past, we've always come out. Maybe it's AI. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, you know, again, another quantum leap in technology that AI and automation uh, and robotics are part of. Um something's going to happen that's going to pull us out of this. There will be a new groundswell of companies, of technologies that will set the mark for the future. And I do know one thing that in that scenario, you want to, <laughs> we're not financial advisors, but for me, 
I want to be in the investor class. I want to be allocating capital to that thing, whatever it is. I want to be invested, mostly invested. And this, these are times when I just want to do less, but I want to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. And you want to find a few good trades in good companies that are going to survive and when the whole market turns are going to outperform the rest of the market. And I think we have yeah, one of those I'm, trades coming up in our next show. Yes, we do have one of those trades coming up in our next show. You know, we won't talk about today. By the way, we had an insane trade last week. Congrats to everyone in the community that had been working on and invested in deck. Uh, just a spectacular quarter for both Hoka and UGG sales. And uh, I needed that one, guys, big time. But I need this next one even more. So we're going to talk about that maybe on Thursday. So if you're not subscribed to the channel, you don't have the bell set, you better set it. Because I think it's Thursday, but you never know with Dave in Mexico now. <laughs> I think I'm free Thursday. It's, Are it's, you? Uh, today's At least until he gets uh, a consistent wireless or a consistent uh, internet plan. I, yeah. I, bought, so, I bought the best I could get, like... And it's uh, it's so much better than it was two days ago. Um, and I'm still waiting for Starlink. Let's get back to fear and greed, though, because yeah. the fear and greed index, I tried to find data on if you had just like blindly followed the fear and greed index and <laughs> someone uh, put together a study back testing that over, you know, over time, over five year periods, 10, 15. And it historically has outperformed the market. If you were just purely to be when, when it hits extreme fear or when it hits a certain number you uh, buy and when it hits a certain number on the greed you sell and it did, you know, over time market goes up, but it was able to outperform the just buy and hold S and P by amount. Who's going to make the ETF, the, the fear and greed ETF. I mean, so I, I'm surprised I, it doesn't I, exist. I feel <laughs> I feel I feel like Meet Kevin's probably already working on it, but um, yeah, he might be. That'd be awesome. If you're yeah, you know, if you're listening to Meet Kevin, uh, I'll put my money in the Fear and Greed ETF. So we talk I feel about like one other worth... thing though the the Halloween effect because today is Halloween, and this is you know how I love the sell in May and go away. The exact opposite happens on Halloween Day. And it's called the Halloween effect. Historically, stock prices increase more from November through the end of April, the exact opposite of sell in May and go away. And it, researchers speculate it may have something to do with the timing and length of summer vacations. It's also helped by some of the historical things that you were talking about, Chris. Black Tuesday was in October. Black Monday was in October. Uh, March of 2020 was in that six months. If, if you were to also have an ETF that just held for six months, and then sat on the sideline for six months, it would outperform the buy and hold S&P 500. So just a little interesting thing. October 31st is the beginning of welcome back to the stock market. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> man, I just want, I just want stability, but at this, at the same time, and you just can't, you can't control these macro moves, dude. They're just going to happen as they happen. I will say that next year being an election year, Jordan wouldn't, don't, isn't the general consensus 
that the Fed is going to have to just chill out a little bit at some point as we get into the election year because they don't like to mess with that too much, right? So they're well, trying to get it out. Well, I don't know if it has anything to do with the election year. I think if you know if interest rates, I mean, if uh, you know if uh, inflation starts to take back off again, then I think that they kind of have to attack have to that. It. But what I think you're seeing and what they've been saying is that with the long end. Um, correcting up uh, that the, they're having to do less work, right? And that, uh, so for a while, the, the the long end of the curve had been sitting at, you know, like the 30-year bond had been sitting three and a half to 4%. Uh, and then we had this really big steepener to where the, to where the 30-year yield has gone to 5%, the 10-year just sub 5% um, without the Fed having to do any additional work. And so that's been net tightening that they didn't have to do. Okay. So, so, the, the, so that's kind of the consensus right now is that maybe they don't have to tighten anymore because, uh, you know, the market's doing the work for them on the long end. But how about this, all this stuff about employment that they want to basically see net negative employment before? Do they? Company? I don't think they I don't think they necessarily care one way or the other. I think they would say if they did, um, I think they want to see uh, inflation come down now. If you see unemployment start to rise, that should have an effect, right? So they're they're interrelated, but I I don't think that's one of their metrics. I think their metric is uh, that they want because the other problem with that is that they've got, you know, they they do want to see, um, you know, different groups uh, within America do well, and we know that uh, recessions tend to dis disproportionately affect. Um, you know, certain groups of people. And I don't think that they necessarily want that. What they want is just steady inflation. They want that inflation number to be around 2%. Gotcha. Well, listen, what I love is that we're finally seeing stocks here at reasonable valuations. And I absolutely love it. I, I love that when we're, you know, we've been debating in the dumb money discord, uh, for those of you all that aren't in it, totally free, dummy.tv forward slash discord. We've been debating what what do we do going into Crocs earnings, right? Tomorrow, two, no, in two days from now. Is it tomorrow? No, in two days, November 2nd. I think it's the morning of November 2nd. And I keep telling everyone, you know, I, I pulled every piece of data I could possibly pull on Crocs over the past month. I'm on the fence. I mean, there are a lot of questions domestically with Crocs and hey, dude, um, I do think that Crocs are going to have maybe the most spectacular quarter internationally that they've ever seen, at least in Asia. I think, you know, the Asia uh, traction for Crocs has been stunning, stunning this summer. I've never seen the data look so good. I'm seeing data out of uh, Korea, South Korea, that appears to show that uh, interest in Crocs this summer were up by a factor of two, okay, 2x. Uh, um, it's harder to get that type of data in China, but it appears that interest for Crocs in China was up by 2x. It doesn't necessarily mean that sales are going to be up 2x, but it's just astonishing how well of a quarter it looks like Crocs had across all of Asia. Now, that said, in this market, it only takes one piece of bad news during an earnings report to screw up the whole damn thing. So are they going to be pessimistic when it comes to guidance for U.S. Hey Dude sales or U.S. Croc sales? I don't know. Maybe. And if they are, that could screw up the earnings report. But what I love 
is that we're talking about a stock that's at 8 PE now and cash flowing and growing. Like we weren't able to say that right over the past six, seven years. You know how hard it's been to find companies trading in single digit PEs or even low double digit PEs. There are good companies out there. There are, you have to find them. And they're at much more reasonable levels now than they have been for the past decade. And that's a gift to investors. So like I said, I'm kind of on the fence for Crocs this earnings because I don't know what investors are going to care most about. But man, you saw that tweet I sent yesterday with those tote bags and the backpacks. Dude, I am so excited for Crocs in 2024. They are releasing finally the Crocs bag line, which I've been begging them to do for years. Um, you know, there are other people in the marketplace that are making bags that people think are made by Crocs, which is insane. Yeah, have you Crocs. seen the bag? The bags look really good. I hope they, uh, and I'm sure they will, they need to expand the color the color options, but they look really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, but that's why they're releasing this in the fall, because no one wants this stuff in the fall. Right, Correct. but they're just testing it. They're trying like to black, see, white, know. and hot pink on the on the tote bag. It's come on. People want the baby blues and the yellows. Come on. But Jordan, they're going to save that for this for they the will spring. For spring. Yeah, springtime is when you want to get your baby blue bag. Yeah, th guys, th th I really believe this is a big, big deal, and that's kind of why I did go in a little harder on Crocs going into this earnings, not because I was ultra confident or had high conviction. Uh, and how it would react for earnings. But knowing that the company has something to talk about in terms of 24, what's going to drive the growth in 24, uh, I think is really important. So again, I'm on the fence, but I am long Crocs going into earnings. We'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. There's another stock I'm more interested in, and we'll talk about that on Thursday. So what else, guys? Um, Dave, you're not trick-or-treating in Mexico for Halloween, huh? Um, I don't think so. I, I don't know if my doorbell is going to ring. Uh, I, I don't even know if my doorbell <laughs> works here. But uh, <laughs> I did see someone um, ask in the comments if I uh, left uh, the USA permanently. No, no. I'm. This is my vacation home, but I, I like to be on vacation a lot. So we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how much time I spend here versus there. So I someone asked in the comments what's going on with Sphere. Did I say that right? Sphere? Did I Maybe. say it for the first time? Sphere? I think you said it right the first time, but not the second time. Sphere. Um listen, I the thesis on Sphere in Vegas, you know, we talked about this a number of times, it has always been to sell into the hype. I sold most of my sphere into the hype of the opening, right? Like that's when I sold it. Uh that's it. I kept a little bit because I think it's kind of cool. And um, I mean, who knows? But most I exited most of my sphere. Right. I will be going there. Uh, this New Year's and I'll be reporting back. Uh, Dave, are you still contemplating doing that trip? You should do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm contemplating it. I have not. Uh, we got yet. So we got Post Malone concert tickets for New Year's Eve. It's going to be amazing at the new uh what is it called the new fountain blue in vegas and then sphere is the night before 
New Year's. So it'll be it's gonna be a great 48 hour trip. You can pull it off. That's about the exact maximum of amount of time I would want to spend in Vegas. It's One not I think it's like days. 36 hours. Zero. <laughs> that said, it's not a cheap, it's not a cheap trip, but it, it's a good it's a good yeah. trip. A lot of a lot of entertainment expenses there. Yeah. Um God, what else? We hadn't if we hadn't been on in a in a in a few weeks now. Uh any other questions anyone else has? So we haven't us? really made any major trades, right? We, we well, missed yeah, I mean, one. We you did. Deck. Yeah. Deck was a major, major trade. Um, and I apologize for not having internet. You you could have got, done a show without me, but we saw how that went the last time. Yeah. So for those of you all that don't follow all us on the socials, it's really important because we didn't have time to do a deck show, but I did disclose that on Twitter at Chris Camillo and I think Dumb Money Twitter, Dumb Money TV uh, retweeted that tweet. So it's important to follow us all over the place, not because we want you mimicking our trades, but if we are surface something interesting, we want you to have the opportunity to vet it yourself. Also, you know, poke holes in our thesis. Let's chat about it on the Discord channel, there's some really high quality conversations, I think, the last couple months happening in Discord. And, uh, you know, I, I would definitely be there, guys, because I, I think there's not enough of this community that's hanging out in Discord in the research trade channel of Discord and surfacing things and helping the community vet some of these investments. You know, we need uh, shared intelligence now more than ever. And on Thursday, I'm going to ask the community to help me with some research on this new trade. So please watch the show on Thursday and, you know, maybe this will be the next step. Work. We'll see. Uh, what do you Dumb guys think about SDF? Discord is a place to go. It's a, you'll get a free invite by going there. You get in for free. There's nobody will ever ask you for money. Uh, and if they do, they're going to get banned and and booted from the uh from the discord we we are we're not trying to make money off of you guys we are just here to share what we're doing and talk about stocks and uh it's it's you know this has been our hobby uh and we decided to turn it into a uh show uh, I want to make money off the community. I want to make money off their ideas and yes, <laughs> not by having them send us their Bitcoin. <laughs> don't ever don't ever send money to us asking for money because it's not us if you're sending money to us because we're asking for money it's not us <laughs> okay i i have a question for both you guys are you concerned at all about this impending war uh now b besides besides you know the obvious negatives to humanity as an investor like as an investor are you concerned that this will lead to something that could massively impact our economy and the market at large. Short not answer. yet. I don't I'm think not. so yet. I think if you wanted to, you know, mess around with it, you could buy defense stocks. So like all, so basically what happens is that whenever you hear that we're giving a hundred billion dollars worth of aid to Ukraine and to, uh, to Israel, that's code for uh, we're, replenishing uh our weapons caches right and so they're they're spending a lot a good portion of those funds go to um, defense companies basically so you know that if you I wanted to just 
mess around with it. I'm not um, because I don't know if those things pass or not, or I haven't done the research on which companies benefit versus others, but I would think that defense stocks do well throughout this. Um, I could be wrong, not investment but, advice, but, that, but, but, that's uh, but that as far as like, what, what will it do to the global economy? I, I'm not there yet. I'm not. Yeah, but generally, part of me feels that trade is tired at this point. It's yeah, been yeah, so yeah. I think the, I think the trade's tired too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah. That's why I'm not doing it. Uh, yeah. Jordan, I spent the last couple days doing a lot of analysis on a stock that made you a lot of money uh, the past few years, and I was curious, and, and I was thinking about shorting them. Uh, because I'm what? really looking, for, I'm really looking for a company to show. Like I don't have enough short positions right now. Yeah. And Signet Jewelers, and I'm not, I'm not shorting them, but I, but I, mm -hmm. I pulled data on every single one of their jewelry stores because they own all of them now. Not only do they own Zales and Jared and like literally every jewelry store that's now yeah, every mall jewelry store you could think of, strip center, but you know, Jordan. But they went out and bought uh, Blue Nile and Diamonds yep. Direct. They bought the internet. Like, they literally own everything in jewelry. So mm -hmm. I find it fascinating that now you can basically invest long and short on a pure play company that essentially owns the national jewelry market. Like, every facet yep. of it. Online and offline. and the the bull take on this company and this is totally random but the bull take on this company is that after buying blue nile and diamonds direct that they are going to be able to sync those two worlds in fact they're opening blue nile retail stores so that you could feel more comfortable buying diamonds online because the, now there's an in person you can take it to a store a retail store afterwards my concern is this the consumer recession part of this recession, right? When consumers get hit, how can we not see that jewelry has to get hit so freaking hard, right? I mean, that you just realize why we invested, or I don't know if you invested, but why I invested in the first place, and that's because everybody was going out and buying a watch or buying earrings or whatever it happens yes. to be, earring you know, the big money dump by the Fed, and that is all gone. Um, people's credit cards are at all-time highs. Um, delinquencies are picking up. We know we know all this. We know these have been talking points on national media for a long time. And so what are you going to cut out? I think you cut out, you know, consumer discretionary things like this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd, but do you want to short it? I, I don't know. It seems like the part of this consumer discretionary, that stock is so yeah. volatile. It's so volatile. Yeah. I mean, it was trading at like 90% less than where it is today during the pandemic. It was trading at like yeah. 10 bucks a share, sub 10 bucks yeah. a share. I, I just feel like, and I'm still going to do more work on them, but I'm looking for a couple things to short to balance my portfolio out. And that's one of them. The other one... I think is fascinating is match.com because if you've been following any of the TikTok kind of viral stories the past six months, it feels like so many people, guys, guys, 
specifically um have kind of just like parted ways with the dating world that's like a trend right now on tiktok are guys just kind of giving up and I, I assume it's temporary right uh but they're so frustrated with you know all all these videos going around about how women are basically only connecting with the top five percent ten percent of guys on all these dating apps and they're just quitting them so now, at least that's the, the the thesis is that they're quitting them, right? They're saying they're quitting them, whether they are or aren't. But what's fascinating is that these dating apps like uh, Tinder are now coming out with like a $500 a month package for guys to basically guarantee that they're going to be seen, okay? Um, and because they're showing that guys that are willing to spend the money, it almost like puts them in a place where you know, they can be seen. So is that a desperation move though, by the dating apps? And if so, could the dating apps be on the verge of collapse? Now, again, I know I'm talking about a lot of downer short plays here, and I haven't pulled the trigger on either of those yet. Uh, but there is a third that I pulled the trigger on just for a couple days. I wonder how it's, I wonder how it's doing today. Have you seen what's going on? <clears throat> Speaking of the war, have you seen what's going on with the Starbucks boycott? Uh, There's so, a Starbucks boycott? I did not know this. Yes. So basically, do you remember a few weeks ago, Starbucks, the Starbucks union, the workers union, which is a fairly small workers union, came out with a like a one pager statement on their letterhead that included the Starbucks logo that was basically pro-Palestine, uh, anti-Israel. And that almost started a boycott. Um, but Starbucks came out and said, you cannot make a political statement that's affiliated with our brand and our trademark. We are suing you. And when Starbucks did that, and Starbucks is just kind of taking a neutral stance, right? So They're like, it, you it was can't the do employee that union that did this. The employee, the Starbucks employee union. When Starbucks did that, it it resulted in massive backlash from pro-Palestinian groups around the world, saying that Starbucks is now siding with Israel. And over the past four or five days the amount of virality that I've seen on TikTok, the anti-Starbucks movement on TikTok mm. has gone absolutely nuts. People are mm. quitting their jobs at Starbucks. Starbucks that are in the Middle East, Starbucks that are in Turkey are empty. Uh, it appears that a couple of them are potentially already going out of business. Now, listen, that's a very small portion of Starbucks, but Starbucks here in the US, uh, people have started to protest. Uh, kids are going around to Starbucks and ordering, not just kids, adults, ordering huge orders at the drive-thru and then just taking off and leaving and not paying for or taking their coffees. Uh, there is a viral campaign on TikTok where people are showing their non-Starbucks coffee to like the beat of a song and then talking about you know why you know what's so special about this coffee it doesn't commit genocide and like these this is like gone full viral like i i'm 
like it's wild. I've never seen anything like this. And so the problem is if you want to short Starbucks on this potential boycott, the problem is that Starbucks earnings are tomorrow or the next day. And I think earnings are way more important than the, than the boycott right at this very second. So you kind of have to exit that short position before earnings and maybe get back into it after. I, like, I don't want to be shorting Starbucks into earnings because yeah, I, I did not do the work. earnings are going to be fine, but then long I don't know. I don't know. Bit, maybe there's your short I opportunity. I didn't do the work, but Dave, there are lots of Starbucks employees coming out and saying that over the past five days, they've seen their store traffic go down by like 20 to 25% on this, okay? Uh, so it's understand something. It's not just like who we think might be pro-Palestinian. This pro-Palestinian movement, I'm not going to get involved with taking- Look, I, I think that's, that's, the, that's what I think every management team needs to learn is just don't get involved. There's no winning way to get- you know, through something like this. So what's fascinating, I'm Jordan, is, is that Starbucks did what they did because they didn't want to get involved. They, 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 so yeah. when the when the when the notice was put out by the Starbucks union, people started threatening Starbucks to boycott them on the other side. Pro-Israel right. threatened the boycott. That's them. the problem. The second the second you just touch either side of it, you're yeah, but but what they tried to do is say, hey, we just don't yeah. want anyone no, using it. our trademark to make any political statements. Yeah. And then they got deep. They got boycotted yeah, on the other side. I've been mentioning yeah. it now. You know, they've opened the can. You have to be so careful. Yeah. It's so tough. It's so tough. Um, well, and, and the speed with which momentum can be gained on TikTok and, and Twitter. I mean, yeah, it, brand, brands have a, a real delicate balance right now trying to be either neutral or like you take a misstep and someone's going to be against you. Look at the Bud Light thing. Like Bud Light is still just devastated. I don't know that they're ever they'll ever be able to sell another Bud Light in america yeah no no they'll be able to sell they'll just be able to sell about 28 percent less that's all exactly that's perpetuity <laughs> uh do you, do you think that bud lights uh sponsorship rumored 100 million dollar sponsorship of the ufc do you think that's going to make any difference i don't think so i don't think it's gonna make i think people difference. have made up their mind on this and that they you know They've changed their behavior, and it just is what it is now. I I tend I tend to agree. Uh, by the way, Jordan, when we're talking about what to watch in terms of the consumer recession, because I do think it's really important for us investors. Yeah, I sent you a heat map of the U.S. that I got from one of my data providers that I pay a lot of money to, and I feel like I have this data, so I want to I want to kind of share it really quickly with the community here. Um, there's categories. They they have the the strongest and the weakest categories on a year over year basis, and the weakest categories are, um, let's see here, 
NFT marketplaces, obviously, uh, <laughs> down 60% over the past four weeks. Metaverse down 43%. Streaming down 20%. eShop builders down 19%. Dating sites, that's what I talked about, right? Down mm-hmm. 18%. Health and wellness down 18%. Uh, in mode, which was one of our biggest trades of the year, which we got out of, thank goodness, two quarters ago on earnings. They've been slaughtered because people are pulling back on health and wellness even. Social ad managers down 11%. Vertical internet marketplace down 9%. Experience management software as a service down 9%. And communication software as a service down 9%. And then they have weakest trends. Entertainment down 11 Cruise lines down 6 SMB HCM, whatever that is, down six. Used car marketplace down five percent. Uh, dating sites down three. Again, study and writing ed tech down three. Airlines down two. Used cars are another area where I want to spend some time. Uh, I feel like yeah. it's a market that started to implode, but then kind of, kind of recovered weirdly, <laughs> like Carvana. The problem is that new cars are tight too for a multitude of reasons. And so, you know, what you've still got to replace your car, right? But it's but do it's, you this think- is, these are kind of these some weird supply chain issues that have just carried forward, right? And so the reason that housing hasn't crashed is because the supply side isn't there. So you don't have people puking out their inventory right now. No, Carvana still has come down. I wish I would have shored them when it popped back up to 56, all the way down to 27 again. It got cut in half. It's a stock. Yeah. Oh, that can get cut in half again. The problem is they got a lifeline. So, yeah, I know. Um, also, the car maxes of the world, really, anyone that's deeply in that pre owned space. I don't know, dude. Uh, Ford and GM they resolve their union issues, right? So I would hope that in time they can start ramping up production again. I would hope. I don't know. I, I want to have a short play here someplace. So guys, if you're yeah. in the Discord community and and share your best short your best ideas. Yeah. Only as a head, because I'm like, I'm done with hedging the entire market. I won't do it anymore. Like I, I'm done hedging the market. But I would like to have a short hedge somewhere in my portfolio. All right, Sounds guys. Reasonable. Dave, right. I know you probably have a busy day in Mexico. What are you what are you doing the rest of the day? Oh, I'm gonna go uh sit on the beach for a little bit. Uh it is Taco Tuesday, so I'm gonna just head down the coast about uh a mile and there's a there's a little taco stand that has my name on it. Yeah, it's not it's a rough <laughs> so, life. So Dave's same as yesterday. Stand, I want to go. It's great. It's great. I, I want to open a uh, restaurant called uh, Dave's Tex-Mex because that's the one thing. I found a couple of Tex-Mex-esque things, but that's that's very different than real Mexico food. So um, I need to I need to work on that as my my next startup idea is going to be a Tex-Mex on the beach. All right. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. And uh... happy Halloween. Get out there, be safe, and uh, we're done money. We will see you, hopefully, on Thursday.